Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. And uh, we are coming to you live on this Wednesday evening, July 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Mr. C, and I hope everyone is doing well out there around the world and within the interwebs and are ready for another day's report from yours humbly here over at the Sea Report. And uh, just getting everything kind of uh, fixed up and ready to go here. We're broadcasting live on multiple stations. Uh, per the usual, uh, including Rumble, if you're catching us over at Rumble, good evening, good evening, and uh, by all means, please do follow, subscribe, thumbs up, Rumble, our episodes, and uh, everything else that we share over at our Rumble page, and uh, watch us continue to grow here at the Sea Report and then also, uh, if you're joining us over at Pilled or at Foxhole, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. Glad to have you all with us this evening as we get ready for tonight's report. We got Aurelius Locke back in the house. Uh, had been had begun to worry about you there a little bit, Mr. Aurelius. Hadn't seen you in a minute. And, well, there you are, sir, joining us live tonight. And Relanon also popping in. To say hello and uh, donate 117 gold pills. Thank you so much, Mr. Relanon, for your kind donation and your generosity every show. I appreciate that very much, sir. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you all are ready for a fun-filled show for tonight. Um, will we be going over any focal points? Well, you know, it's the news, right? And it's a report, so it's a little meaty. But we'll see what we can do, ladies and gentlemen, to ensure ease of digestion. That 8 o'clock hour comes around quick here in these parts of Texas. And, uh, well, well, there you are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we did actually do a uh, special broadcast last night. Uh, you know what? Before we do the broadcast, uh, let's uh, first do this. Housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen. 101, take care of your business first, sir. Uh, what do we got here, guys? Stop on over to Shop Mr. C TV. That is the online store for your Mr. C merchandise, uh, the C Report, Mr. C TV, anything that I produce and or broadcast here over at Mr. C TV channel will eventually find its way onto something that is uh, can be considered uh, merchandise, right? Merchandise or uh, perhaps just a souvenir of the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and you can support the show and the work that I do here by doing so. You just go over to thecreport.com and click on store, and it'll take you right over to the Shop Mr. C online store, where right now you can get 17% off all merchandise. I would say your entire purchase, but it, it, it's each individual item with a percentage off, which I think is a pretty good deal in the long run, and... You can get that merchandise today. Uh, use coupon code 1776REBORN. That's right, 1776REBORN, R-E-B-O-R-N, and the number 1776, all one word. And uh, I think we're running that through the 17th, so only a few more days to get your hands on um, your favorite Sea uh, Report um, merchandise or, you know, what have you. We got shirts, we got mugs, we got stickers, we got tote bags. We got the brand new Political Truth line of uh, clothes and designs there, ladies and gentlemen. Admittedly, our most recent design, 
was not allowed on this website. So we'll have to see what we can do about that over here on my end of the computer screen. But either way, guys, stop on over to thecreport.com, click on store, and go shop Mr. C TV. Get your 17% discount today only at Shop Mr. C TV. Oh, it's the president. Well, hello, Senor Donald Trump Presidente. El Jefe. Hope you're doing well today, sir. We are doing pretty good over here at the Sea Report. We'll get to your comments in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, looks like we got Oklahoma Bob here in the audience. Good evening, Oklahoma Bob. Uh, Oklahoma Bob asks, any comments on the Colorado Republican primary issues? Uh, if you're asking if there are any updates, none that I've seen just yet. I am a little bit behind on this week's news. There could be some new developments over there. But uh, what we do know, as we've been reporting here at the Sea Report, is that they absolutely stole Colorado. The thing about it is, is it was the uh, GOP establishment that did that, you know, uh, come to think about, you know, maybe some of uh, the stories I'll be sharing with you guys tonight. A great theme here, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great theme to follow. And uh, that theme, ladies and gentlemen, which I think has become somewhat near and dear to some of the hearts out there in the audience is that uh, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, and it is time indeed. It is, uh, it is the time of the season. It is rhino hunting season. So one might ask, well, what does rhino hunting season have to do with Colorado? What does that have to do with uh, one of the stories that you're going to talk about a little bit later on today? Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it has everything to do with um, the uh, the season of exposure that we're in, okay? Now, I'm willing to gamble, even if this isn't exactly to plan, uh, that outing and exposing the Democrat Party for their crazy machinations of treachery, of fraud, of deception, of, uh, you know, of theft, of exploitation... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it knew no bounds, it seems like, in the 2020 election. Seems like we got a lot of light and exposure over there on that front. Oh, we got them where we want them. We've got it all. We've got everything. We have got everything. And everything, ladies and gentlemen, uh, would probably be... The documented processes that every single individual that participated in that racket that stole our elections away from a duly elected president, which is the will of the people, which is per our constitution, which is a guaranteed by our freedom and sovereignty and, and guaranteed by things much higher than that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you understand um, we have this, uh, we have this, uh, thing going on here. It's, it's, it's more than a thing. It's some type of a phenomenon. Is it a phenomenon or is it a scourge? The scourge of deception by the politically selected class. That's right. The ones that we thought we were choosing for ourselves. 
the ones that uh, for decades now um, have actually been placed in office, whether the people realized they participated in that selection or not. Ladies and gentlemen, 2020 blue, the lid wide open. We have everything on those darn dirty Democrats, right? But what? 2022 rolls along and we still do not have a single secure election. What is going on with that? We were guaranteed that we would have secure elections 2020 and beyond, but uh, there's just a factor that we might have missed, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that is the fact that the Democrats and the part, uh, Republican parties, they come from the exact same cloth, ladies and gentlemen. Now the apple might fall from the tree, farly or nearly, but uh, it seems that no matter what, uh, what, no matter what length of distance this apple tumbled from the tree, it's still at its root, poisonous and traitorous to the core, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we good-hearted citizens, we good-hearted and fair-minded people of this country, went about believing right, that uh, all parties, Democrats included, were doing exactly what they said they were doing for us, and they were giving us a better way of life through political, um, through political uh, um, aspirations and activities. But, alas, do I need to explain this too late? I've pretty much explained it already, ladies and gentlemen. I've already explained it. They were not doing those things, those political figures, be they Democrat or not. But again, we good-spirited, good-hearted, fair-minded, patriotic Americans who would dare never breathe the words of treason upon a fellow brother and sister, a fellow American. You know how, you know how harsh the word treason is. Well, you know, it might not be as harsh as it was, say, back in the 17 or 1800s. You know, uh, you call someone a treasonous SOB, that's right on par with calling someone a pedophile in public. And it, there's just that moment of shock. But something tells me that the word treason does not bear the entire weight and gravity that it once did. You say treason and people are like, cliche. People are like, oh, you're just being so... What's the word? Uh, you're being so dramatic with your descriptions of treason, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but we would never dare think that, would we? That the actions or the inactions of our selected body of officials, not elected representatives, um, that they would actually involve themselves in something so wrong and so rotten to its moral core, so black with all types of negativity and hatred, no doubt, that they would um, conspire and act or not act in a way to uh, destroy the Republic, undermine the Constitution, and uh, arrest in many, many ways more than one, the people, their will, their life. So, right, 2022 and forward. Let's talk about Colorado. Good question, Oklahoma Bob. 
Good question. A bunch of rhinos there in the mountain hills of Colorado, it would seem. Down in the hot springs of Colorado. Down in the cauldron of Colorado. We've got a lot of rhinos that are showing their face. Okay. Uh, we've seen how they have treated and acted um, people like Tina Peters. America first, clearly, clearly and definitely on the side of the people of this nation and its survival. You know, and then we have, uh, you know, stooges on uh, some type of sabbatical from uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life whom we are to believe is a Republican. Now, I am willing to bet that Pam Anderson of the Center for Tech and Civic Life is not a rhino. She's not a Republican in name only. Only literally. She's probably more like a progressive or a socialist or a Democrat running as a Republican, okay? There are many variations to this rhinocerousness that we see in the political class that are supposedly conservative and supposedly republic restorationists, but they're not. They fooled us, they've lied to us, guys, and now is the time for us to take note, right, of all of their actions or inactions, okay? At this point in the game, as I think will illustrate throughout the show tonight, but not in total, um, is that uh, these people are going to start showing who they really are the closer we get to the end game or the end goal, if you want to put it that way. They are going to show us who we are, and right now is our time, not just to take note while we have the eyes to see it, and we have the ears to hear it, and we have the mind to comprehend what it is that they are actually doing. Whether it's uh, not voting, it's uh, showing, not showing up for a vote or voting in absentia, you know, whatever it is, whether it is uh, 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 boasting about the great things that they're doing for their community or not boasting about the terrible things that they are doing for our community, whether that is taking a stance on election integrity and uh, the 2020 election or it's not taking a stance or defending or even acknowledging that 2020 was a thing. You guys saw this uh, shim-sham, flim-flam of a, a hearing that they had yesterday afternoon. That's right, we're up to part seven. Episode seven of the uh, Unselect Committee's shim-sham, flim-flam hearing into the January 6th Capitol false flag rights. Gotta wonder how many more episodes before they discontinue the thing, right? And interesting how they continue to double down in spite of the fact that the entire world knows how and that lying Cassidy Hutchinson lied and they're still running with it. They're still running with it. But... You know, we had, what, two other Democrat rats um, basically doing the questioning on the panel yesterday. We had a rat, what was that guy's name? Rat, rat something. He's the, he's the, uh, the lawyer whose wife, Rafskin, his wife, they tried to make the uh, Federal Reserve chair or the, the Treasury secretary. You can't do that. Don't you know there's some sort of a conflict of interest here, right? Um... And then uh, some, some Asian lady. I don't remember her name or where she's from. But, you know, I would ask those two. 
particularly in their introduction, which was so well written by Adam Watermelonhead Schiff, right? Adam Watermelonhead Schiff wrote such a beautiful script, right? He, you got to make sure you get every word done right. It's written this way for a reason. Don't you understand that there is some artwork involved in writing deceptive scripts to uh, force the public opinion to accept when we decide to indict President Trump? At least we had all these pretty words that the uh, general sleeping or stupid or ignorant public can fall back on. Oh, but you know, they did seven episodes. They did seven episodes. And so they got Trump, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, Rafskin and this Asian lady. I got to say, man, like, oh, there was no evidence. There was no evidence. There was no evidence. The judge stated that there was no evidence to back up these outrageous claims that you and your lawyers are making, President Trump. And I would ask, have you read the reports from Tina Peters out of Mesa County, Colorado? Have you read... You know, the um, um, the report, uh, the interim report from uh, Supreme Court Justice retired Michael Gableman from the state of Wisconsin and everything that is documented there. Have you read all of the trial proceedings, affidavits and collected evidence that comes by way of voter GA in Garland Favorito? out of Georgia that is well documented all of the fraud or possible fraud. It's not named yet because there's no what? So there's no one to blame it on and there's no intent to prove other than perhaps severe mismanagement, which head should roll for that either way. But have you read all of his press releases, reports and studies? Democrat Rafskin is what I would ask. And finally, I would ask, have you read the report that the Democrats paid for in Georgia for one J. Alexander Halderman to um, dissect and discover whether or not the Dominion voting machines were vulnerable Obviously, they've read that one because what was it that Sisa said? Sisa said, oh, well, uh, yes, they are vulnerable to a point, but there is no evidence that they were hacked during 2020. And Sisa could figure that out by studying one machine from one precinct somewhere in America but did not get any of the information from Wisconsin, Colorado, Arizona, Georgia, you know, the list can go on. Michigan, New Mexico, shall I continue? Uh, Colorado, okay, <laughs> where the evidence is hard documented, downright certified, and in some cases notarized. So have they cared to read any of that? Are they falling back on the headlines of the past that are over a year old in order to tell a story that has developed much further beyond what was force-fed to Americans on Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. And I know, because I was there, and uh, I did not see half the things that they declare occurred. Like hundreds of thousands of angry Americans just dashing for the Capitol. No, 
no, no, no, no, no, no. The hundreds of thousands uh, showed up after their staged false flag riot that was already off of time because President Trump delayed his speech by an hour. Great question, Oklahoma Bob. Clearly gave me some great leeway to talk. <laughs> but uh, you know, we are going to talk about a show tonight. You know, the rhinos, a good topic. That's a good, a good theme for tonight's show. It won't be the entire theme, but it's a good theme. We'll, we'll have some rhino stories here. Got some more rhinos showing their face. And really, all I can say, guys, is with the rhinos, are we taking our notes? Are we checking them twice? Are we making sure which representatives are naughty or nice? Okay, we have to check, check, check. And then we have to act, act, act. Does that mean that we're going to act out in a kinetic and violent extremist kind of way? Well, of course not. We're not left-leaning, uh, homicidal, suicidal communists and, uh, you know progressives here. We're not uh, starving for attention, nor were we neglected as children. You know, we don't act out like that. We have uh, civility, and we have respect, and we have uh, common sense, and we have a moral compass. We don't act out like that. We awake Americans. We re responsible citizens. We people who love this country and our neighbors and our friends, family, and even our enemies. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? Love thy neighbor, love thy enemy, love thyself, etc. So, yeah, we don't riot. We don't do all of that uh, crazy stuff, you know, that uh, the, uh, the left does. We don't. Okay, that's not how it would go down. It hasn't gone down that way so far, but it doesn't mean that they don't want it to go down that way. It doesn't mean that they, the powers that be, the deep state, the establishment, the globalist influenced, whatever you want to call them, whatever name you have for them, they're all the same people. And there's not a whole lot of them. You know, there's not a whole lot of those Illuminists out there, those Luciferians and all that stuff that are actually pulling the strings. It's like I said, you know, all you need is a few people in the right places to keep things going the way you want them to go, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need the entire population of America in order to take over the world, in order to write up some documents and treaties, in order to uh, overlook some rulings and jurisdictions. You don't need a lot of people. You just need the right position. And that's what we're looking at today. And that's why things are so, uh, so much detriment for uh, both sides. Really, we got the, uh, uh, the side of humanity, team humanity dealing with this disinformation, misinformation, um, information overload. Uh, but we, we are fortunate that it is here, guys. I mean, it, right now at this moment, we could be facing the same destruction that people have been facing in the Middle East and in the eastern part of this world for decades. You know, Armageddon came to the lands of the East a lot earlier than it came to America. We could definitely be in a kinetic position right now, and fortunately we're not. And that's thanks to all of you all and your patience, and your temperament, and uh, maintaining a certain amount of control over your emotions and your understandings of the um, way our rights and our way of living is being trampled. It is being trampled. Boot to neck, boot to face type of deal on a curb, ladies and gentlemen. 
we could have lost it a long time ago. And I mean everything when I say we could have lost it a long time ago. So I think it'll be a great episode for tonight for you guys to kind of just ease on in two. Uh, we did a uh, surprise See in the Dark show last night. If uh, you guys did not get a chance to check it out, I would highly recommend. Uh, we don't normally run See in the Dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald man talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you got your C-Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do See in the Dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? Uh, had a special one last night, kind of just starting to dig into some things. Uh, I would, again, recommend you guys go and check it out. Uh, basically, uh, the topic of discussion after... After some moments of apprehension, was uh, was talking about uh, Justin Amersh of Cannabis in Combat. Uh, and you know what? I figure if we're going to be real and just talk about things that might upset some people, you know, we're going to talk about them. And, um, you know, uh, again, you know, a big loss um, for the Patriot community, uh, particularly if you were an audience member that enjoyed his um, shows over at the foxhole.app or pill.net. Um, he was uh, the 12 o'clock noon spot here, Texas time. Um, if I was ever in between doing a report and researching and reading or taking a break, maybe taking a cigarette break, you know, I'll, I'll pop on the foxhole and see who's on. And, you know, typically if he was on, I'd check it out and see what was going on in his world. And um, also had the opportunity to meet him in Las Vegas and also to uh, interview him as well. I think he had said it was his one of his first, or if not his first interview. I don't know. I'd have to ask Pilled by the Rabbit about that. Um, but, um, you know, guys, um, while the details surrounding his um, untimely death are still a little bit muddled, and they are still not 100% clear, you know, just in what I have um, read about and researched regarding this entire situation with Justin of Cannabis in Combat and what happened in Las Vegas is there's not a whole lot of information. And I, I get the feeling like there will not be a whole lot of information about the details of the event wherein his life was uh, removed, taken from uh, presence here with the rest of us on this planet, on this realm at this time and on this plane. Um, I, I just, I gotta say guys, I hope it doesn't remain without too much um, lack of detail. Uh, certainly the man did not strike me as suicidal type. And uh, while I'm trying to maintain my respect for uh, his family and friends, uh, as far as the uh, sensitivity and the nature of this conversation is, I don't think it would do him any justice to remain quiet on the point. You had a man who was openly uh, vocal about um, what Sheriff Lombardo and uh, Governor Sisolak are doing in Nevada. Um, you have him uh, being a very boisterous and very loud about all the knowledge that uh, is known about, you know, what happened during the uh, 
Las Vegas shooting, okay? Uh, and and also a whole bunch of other things like uh, what, uh, mentionings of Sisolak and his involvement with the communist Chinese, uh, possible based on comments that you better believe I'm looking into right now, um, possible uh, some type of a participation in human trafficking. I'm not saying the buyer, the seller, or the ringleader. I'm just saying some type of participation. It is Las Vegas. Uh, but then also running for county sheriff, you know, um, he was going to run for the uh, highest constitutional authority in the county of Clark in Nevada. Uh, and you couple that along with his um, podcast or broadcast, which I was told was um, tanking, apparently. Um, but I don't know, because I didn't watch every day. I just enjoyed when I did. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that. You better believe I am, ladies and gentlemen, uh, will not allow this voiceless soul who was a friend and also a member of the community will not allow this voiceless soul to remain voiceless. I will not. And even if it, it, if, even if it ends up being that everything is on the up and up as it was reported in the newspapers, in the media, and uh, uh, supposedly by members of the police and other city officials and government officials, then that is good, that is grand, that is dandy, okay? That's good. You know, if, if everything is on the up and up and checks out, I don't know to what extent I'll be able to provide answers i'm just i'm just gonna be digging for you know through the questions ladies and gentlemen as uh as uh, we uh close the door on the friendship the camaraderie and the um the assist that uh people like justin gave he was very volatile ladies and gentlemen uh you know when he uh stops when he saw sisalak we are all aware of that back in what march february end of february this year and uh, he made the uh, national headlines by telling him off and calling him names and being extremely rude and pissed off. It was a very, very, very good example. As Justin said, ooh boy, you're lucky I'm a law-abiding citizen. As, as, uh, as lawless as the local Las Vegas media and anyone in uh, the national press that covered the story would prefer to make Justin Amersh of Cannabis and Combat seem because of his, uh, I would say, his uh, volatile energy and his, uh, uh, his gift uh, for language, ladies and gentlemen, when dealing with those who have betrayed this country, betrayed the patriots, betrayed the people, betrayed the constitution. It has been said that uh, you will not be able to walk in the streets without being recognized or identified or discovered. Now, should a phrase like that be interpreted as you won't be able to walk on the streets because it'll be off with your head? Off with your head? You know? Or is it because uh, people will recognize you and call you? It's like that clip that we saw of, um, actually, I didn't show it here at the Sea Report or any other episode, but maybe you guys saw it of... Uh, who was it? Um, uh, uh, Flimsy Lindsay, uh, Lindsay uh, over from over in South Carolina. Flimsy Lindsay Graham being uh, being uh, being not chased, but booed, followed, uh, uh, grievanced, being grievanced against uh, in the uh, South Carolina airport. Right. 
like uh, that was uh, that's another example. You won't be able to walk on the street. Will we all be as um, will we all be as e expletive and extreme in language as uh, someone like uh, Justin? No, maybe not. Maybe so. But talk about setting an example, right? Not going all the way, but going far enough to make these people uncomfortable and realize that we get the depth and the breadth of the sins that they have committed against this nation and its people. We understand, Sisalak. We understand, Biden. We understand. So tonight, very interesting episode. I think we should probably begin to dip into it. What do you guys say? Let me take a gander over at uh, the uh, chat before we jump in. We'll get President Trump back on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. And let's see what is going on. Got a few comments here. Hey, Tam Growl, how's it going? Good to see you, ma'am. Thanks for being in the audience with us tonight. And thank you for gifting the shades. You know, I got these because, like, maybe every time someone gives shades, I'm just going to, like, wear these for five minutes, right? <laughs> but then I can't do that because if people can't see my eyes, they'll just assume that I am all kinds of things. Uh, but good to see you, Tam Growl. Thank you so much for the donation. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Oklahoma Bob says non-competitive Zuckerberg ally down 35% in the polling. Wonder You're talking about Pam Anderson, Oklahoma Bob. That's jumping back to Colorado. Yes. Did not even attend the GOP state convention, right? Skipped out on that one. Okay. It's almost like this whole Raffensperger thing, you know, where like they're projected to lose and yet somehow the day before or the day of they pull it off. No fun, no game. Kiss, good evening, Kiss. Thanks for uh, popping in to the show tonight. Great to see you with us. And thank you again for all you do to support the C-Report and this broadcast. Uh, Tamgirl says, do your research. Check where they went to school and what boards they are on. Won't be, oh, uh, yes. Do your research, ladies and gentlemen. And that is definitely something that we can do as citizens at any level, you know, because all it takes is someone to ask the question and someone to do the digging. And then we can all report out on the findings. And that is how, by having that kind of focus, I guess you could say, uh, we can start to clear up a bunch of matters. Shepherding Shepherd, good evening, sir. Shepherding Shepherd says, won't be renewing the J6 season due to poor numbers that's right the audience moved on like they taught the sheep they know this <laughs> right they're like we're gonna make sure they have a small attention span and hopefully they'll gain the attention span on when their masters are on tv because they adore us oh god what a convoluted and crooked and uh, diseased world and mindset these people live in i swear they're like yeah we're gonna make them dumb and we're gonna make them shallow and then damn it it backfired on us. They're not dumb and sh they're, they're dumb and shallow when we're on the TV too. Damn it! <laughs> it's your fault, Deep State. You're the ones who made these people. You groomed them to be that way. It figures it would come back and bite you in the butt, right? Okay. So, uh, let's see here. 
Uh, let's see what else we got. Boot to the head. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. Tam Growl says, I pray Justin had a dead man switch. I really don't know, Tam Growl, if he did. I really don't know. Um, Aurelia says, everything I've heard is that a domestic dispute with the girlfriend popped off. Police were called. Justin said that he would not go back to jail and um, uh, killed himself in front of his girlfriend and police. At first, it sounded all fishy to me. And, you know, it still sounds fishy to me, especially when you read different articles and they're like, uh, Justin returned home uh, to find the police interviewing his girlfriend and then shot himself, period. I'm like, okay, 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 where's your body cam, police officers? Okay, where's your dash cam, police officers? Okay, Justin had just installed a, uh, a very expensive, uh, you know, security system for um, the outside as well as the inside. Uh, where's that footage? I'd like to see it. And then there's a question of a crazy who's running out there in the wilds of America somewhere who, um, I don't know, he's throwing out some very interesting information, but we're not going to go there. Not tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a case opened and closed, Aurelius Locke. Domestic dispute, won't go back to jail, kills himself, a man who said he would never commit suicide. But then again, I don't know. I don't know his personal life. I don't know his personal histories. I don't know. All I know is when I met the man, he had very much a sense of, um, he had very much a sense of, um, I don't know how do you put it, like uh, um, a will to power, <laughs> will of life, you know, every single force and said himself, unless you see video, don't believe shit. If something were to happen to him, he talked about that a lot. But don't we all don't we all talk about those things a lot? Not all of us get as entangled as he was getting entangled. But uh, at this point, guys, I make no accusations and I make no um, real solid assessments. But I do know what I see and what I smell. No, 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 no. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Aurelia says, if it's true, I have no respect for that. If he really did end his life. And there's a bunch of different things about that whole, you know, he could have been under duress. Uh, someone could have been threatened. Um, maybe, uh, they all, I, you know, and I, th there's no say on how many cops were at the scene. I heard it was, uh, first thing I heard was it was a domestic dispute and I don't know where, but the number of five patrol cars comes to mind. I don't know where, how, or why. I just, I think I read that somewhere and that he was surrounded by police and then he decided to take his life. He could have been, they could have had five shotguns pointing at him and they could have told him do this, do that. I don't know who his girlfriend was. I don't know who it was that he was working with. You know, I just know what my reading was based on him and my meeting with him. And uh, none of this flies to me at all. Show me the video, you know, 
show us the video. But you know, that's what I'm saying though, is that the vibe that I get from the media out of Las Vegas right now is that this is um, a Monday or Tuesday uh, midday paper report or story, and it will quickly be forgotten and there will be no one to ask the questions and there will be no way to find the answers should there be a need to. And if it feels like there's a need to, there's probably just, just to be sure, safe and secure. Because I mean, it's not, this is not part of a bigger conspiracy. Clearly it's not, it's not, uh, it's not the symptom. It's not symptomatic of an upcoming controversy. It is, in my opinion, simply it's election season and uh, people who challenge and who challenge through a run often do not end up in the best position. Ask the Sarge here in Texas. Of course, that was a freak accident as well. And we all know it was an accident and that that had nothing else to do with anything or the fact that that man was probably the only one who could have challenged the current corrupt and crooked railroad commissioner, Wayne Christian, to his seat, right? Instead, we end up getting a runoff between he and a trans-loving uh, rhino uh, that likes to uh, ride oil rigs almost butt naked with tassels on. That's what we got instead of the uh, showdown between Sarge and Christian. Yeah, he ended up dead. Sarge did. And somehow the state of Texas, and I'm looking at you, Secretary of State, Scott, somehow Sarge's name still appeared on the ballot so that all of those low information voters who knew to vote for Sarge because by golly, we're boomers and we're proud, have no information that the man is dead and he's been dead for over a week or two and he's still on the ballot. I mean, I get it on a paper ballot, you know, you've already printed all of those ballots in advance. I mean, we've learned a thing or two about, you know, ballots and uh, ballot making, etc. in our time of uh, dissecting, discovering and discussing all of the election fraud that occurred in 2020 and beyond. But the machines didn't have to have that name on there. Remember? Remember? Or let me guess. They kept the name on the machines because they had to prove that the machines were not hackable <laughs> or some something stupid like that. Undoubtedly, something stupid like that. Texas. Good job, Texas. You gave uh, you gave the choice of thousands to a man who has since passed and had no ability to uh, to assist those who had faith enough to vote in him. Yeah. Hey, Shanjo, what's up? Mr. C, this is Shanjo, my favorite San Antonio taco. Oh, are you comparing me to a taco, Mr. Jill Biden? <laughs> what kind of taco do you think I am, right? Now, a taco is not unique, ladies and gentlemen, but it is, however, it is, however, um, very, has a wide variety of choices. Mm-hmm. Shanjo says that uh, Justin embarrassed Sisolak. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. And uh, do your research is the phrase for the 2020s. Yep. Do your research. Get your ducks in an order and then let them roll.
Mm-hmm. Tamgrel says Justin was getting too big for his britches per the Dems. Man, he, uh, I mean, come on. He, he, uh, he lived, he was a living example on this show of, uh, how Patriots, how far the Patriots can take it without taking it to the point of no return, you know, like, uh, will, you know, God bless Justin and, you know, my prayers to him and his family. I just got to say, um, hopefully everyone out there, um, won't be, uh, won't be too ill affected by, uh, his loss. I just want to make sure it, it gets talked about. Okay. So anyways, all right, guys, let's get on to our C report for today. Been talking too long here, talking too long. Um, let's, uh, get a hold of our president Trump statements, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's start off with, speaking of rhinos, Kevin McCarthy is working hard on exposing the fraud that is the January 6th Unselect Committee. No due process, no cross-examination, no our side witnesses allowed. Over 1,000 interviews, but only negative snippets from a few are released. It's a kangaroo court, and Kevin gets it far more than people understand. I think you'll see some strong action from Kevin McCarthy and others. Isn't that interesting, right? Like the, um, the kind of duplicitousness that, um, our elect, our selected officials have to maintain. Um, you know, cause I, I, I really don't take Kevin McCarthy at a hundred percent. And I'm sure all of you in the audience probably have varying degrees of percentile approval or disapproval for the man Kevin McCarthy, knowing everything that we know about him. But I think more importantly, understanding what we understand about an entity like the Republican Party, it's always fun to see them having to save face or to play it safe or to do the right thing because they all have a part to play, ladies and gentlemen. The GOP of uh, Colorado, they have a, a part to play. And uh, as near as I can tell, they have been successful, even if they are not aware of it. I mean, after all, according to Tina Peters, the GOP of Colorado could not even explain how their choice candidate, Pamela Anderson of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, the Zuckerbucks funded Mark Zuckerberg organization. They couldn't even figure out how she won. They're like, oh crap, we have no idea how she beat you, Tina. But she did. And uh, so uh, clearly they play their role, right? Their role is to um, try and coax Peters into not running for Secretary of State. They failed, okay? Their, um, their goal or their uh, ideal was to ensure that nobody looked into and or questioned and or discovered what was going on with Colorado elections. They failed to appoint at that, um, at that task because uh, Peters did it anyways. Could not keep that woman down or back from digging, searching, and finding the truth about what was happening in Colorado. 
much to their chagrin, I'm sure. You will see uh, tonight some GOP players that are fulfilling their role. That's why they were placed where they were placed, because somehow, somewhere, some way, someday, sometime, they would be called up to bat. And when they are standing at that plate and they're ready to hit a home run, that is the only time that the nation will see them in the spotlight. They're not like a Cheney, okay? They're not like a uh, Rumsfeld. They're not like a uh, any of the. They're not like a Bush, where you hear the name and you know this is a Rhino, a Republican in name only, who is either working for other interests or for self interests, and not for the interests of their constituents or the country. But all the other ones. All the other ones sitting around Capitol Hill that are not popular, that we don't know their name, that their names are not household. All the other ones, all the other conservatives and Republicans that are from your state house that don't even work at the Capitol, but maybe they're commissioners, maybe they're elected, uh, you know, election officials, maybe they're precinct heads, you know, all the other ones, guys, that we don't know about are still out there. They are still out there. And only when they are called up to bat do we get to see them. We're seeing a lot of them right now. The question is, are we taking notes? Particularly if it's involving our um, own backyard, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a nice string of votes that's going to take us into our first story for tonight. The Wisconsin voters and did I say nice string of votes? I mean, a nice string of statements from President Trump truths, if you will. Uh, the first one starts this way. The Wisconsin voters and all lawful voters are injured when the institution charged with administering Wisconsin elections does not follow the law, leaving the results in question. I hope other states that have been likewise corrupted are studying the Wisconsin decision. Rhinos beware, America is watching. Yes, we are, ladies and gentlemen, and the ones that count are the ones that are watching, I might add. Next statement. In the opinion issued Friday, Justice Bradley compared Wisconsin's elections to contests rigged by dictators in Syria and North Korea and questioned whether past elections in the state had been legitimate. Thousands of votes have been cast via this unlawful method, thereby directly harming the Wisconsin voters, she wrote. The, illegal, the illegality, illegality of these drop boxes weakens the people's faith that the election produced an outcome reflective of their will. It is the topic of the time, ladies and gentlemen, the security of our elections. And it appears that uh, last week, or no, what, the beginning of the, oh, the beginning of this week, we had, um, uh, we had a Supreme Court in Wisconsin rule against the constitutionality, or lack thereof, of the um, ballot drop boxes that were um, made available by the likes of the Center for Tech and Civic Life the Zuckerbucks-funded Zuckerberg organization. And, uh, you know, study, study, study. We're all getting there our own way. We're all showing each other the other way. The question is, again, are we taking notes? And are we acting on those notes? 
Next statement, also in regards to Wisconsin, President Trump says the Wisconsin Supreme Court has just declared the unlock boxes or ballot stuffing boxes to be illegal. Everybody knows what went on with the $417 million that little Mark Zuckerberg invested in the corrupt 2020 presidential election. And that does not even include the big Wisconsin nursing home scandal, where close to 100% of the residents voted always is much lower number. It's now up to, oh, speaking of a rhino, rhino Robin Voss to do everybody uh, what everybody knows must be done. We need fair and honest elections in our country. Now, you know, talking about rhinos, talking about duplicitousness, you don't get much more rhino and duplicitous than you get with Rhino Speaker of the House, Robin Voss, ladies and gentlemen. He's the perfect, uh, like, um, uh, picture for uh, duplicity uh, in politi- politics, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you're talking about a man who um, held up all election integrity audits through about four rounds, declared, we will have an audit, we will have a recount, an audit, a recount. Some bore fruit, some bore nothing, some just bore absence of activity, did not even occur. You know, because again, if you're thinking in their terms, and their terms is we got to make it to September 2022. If we can make it to September 22, 2022, without anyone requesting or, uh, you know, uh, putting their nose into a data election information, we'll be okay. Because on September 3rd, 2022, the statute of limitations for the retention of election data is expired. And all 50 states and all of the clerks and all of the election heads and officials can officially dump all of their 2020 election data. And when some people come sniffing around these parts looking for an audit, well, you know what? They won't be able to perform an effective audit because they won't have the data for the election they are seeking to inspect. So I got to say, you know, when we have someone like Rhino Robin Voss, Speaker of the House of Wisconsin, Republican, who um, uh, is doing all these funny things, like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why is it that Rhino Robin Voss, uh, maybe just as you know, Speaker Voss, is saying he's going to do one thing and yet nothing ever happens. Why does it always seem to be that way? Uh, Why is it that Speaker Rhino Robin Voss is uh, saying that they will never overturn the election in Wisconsin, that it will never be decertified? Maybe they just need a Republican governor because without a Republican governor, they really can't do anything. It's going to be for nothing anyways because the governor is just going to veto the bill, even if we can get a majority in both the House and the Senate Assembly of Wisconsin. Uh, uh, but you're going to say you're going to you're going to say that you're never going to allow decertification because there's just no constitutional path. So say it's Speaker Robin Voss. But then what does he do? He hires a special counsel Gableman. Well, you know, a lot of things can change on a magic plane ride with President Trump. That is what happened to Robin Voss. He's the picture boy for duplicitousness. 
you know, who not only is the person who is responsible for getting drop boxes in the state of Wisconsin, per Mark Elias of uh, formerly of Perkins Coie and representative lawyer of the Clinton clan, uh, but also, also, uh, by, by way of getting the drop boxes into the entire nation, by way of being president of, uh, I forget the name of the organization, but, uh, it's a national state something, something he's the president of. We, uh, we already did two episodes on that guys, but you know, doing that. And then also after what the first judge ruled that the drop boxes in Wisconsin were illegal. What does little Robin Voss do? He assists, uh, he assists one of his Democrat colleagues in trying to get the language into a bill snuck and hidden in there. So that this way the people and the, uh, voting uh, lawmakers would not know that they would essentially be voting to, uh, keep bo- drop boxes in Wisconsin. Yeah, that Robin Voss, right? He plays a pretty good game, but uh, not so good if he thinks that people don't notice how fake and two-faced he is. Rhino Robin Voss. We have said um, this about him for quite some time. In fact, you know, I think Rhino Robin Voss might even be responsible for this. That's right, Rhino Robin Voss. We had to get the alert out. People just weren't seeing it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Next statement. Other states are looking at and studying the amazing Wisconsin Supreme Court decision declaring ballot boxes illegal. And that decision includes the 2020 presidential election. Speaker Rhino Robin Voss has a decision to make. Does Wisconsin reclaim the electors, turn over the election to the actual winner by a lot, or sit back and do nothing? Which he has done quite, uh, quite efficiently as our country continues to go to hell. Brave American patriots already have a resolution on the floor. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The Sea Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecereport.com. At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecereport.com. That's www.thecereport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. All right. And uh, for all of you guys joining us over there at Rumble, thanks for being here. Clout Hub, Twitch, thanks for being part of the audience. And as always, Foxhole and Pilt.net. Glad you guys are with us. Okay, so there you go country's going to hell. What's Robin Voss gonna do? It's all in his hands. It's all up to him, ladies and gentlemen. Next statement. Again, we're still on the Wisconsin train, ladies and gentlemen. Still on the Wisconsin train here with President Trump. In other words, 
They systematically violated the law to rig the 2020 election. Now, everyone involved in perpetrating this travesty needs to be investigated and held fully accountable. And Rhino Speaker Robin Voss and the Republicans must stand up proud and do something for once about this atrocity. Don't you just love the way that President Trump keeps on calling out Speaker of the House, Rhino Robin Voss, ladies and gentlemen, he is calling him out. He is giving his name a field day. He's shedding a little bit of light. He's got a little bit of a spotlight on Speaker Rhino Robin Voss. And for those uh, constituents of Wisconsin who have heard it and who might know it but haven't heard it, yes, your Speaker of the House, Rhino Robin Voss, is a rhino. And he has been actively working against election security and integrity in the state of Wisconsin and has been covering, covering up the fraud of 2020. Who does not believe anywhere in his mind that um, the certification is a possibility. That is your speaker. Do you know your speaker? Hopefully you're getting to know. Next statement. I think this is the last one from Trump on the issue of Wisconsin. Maybe not. <laughs> We've got two more. Okay, let's read this. It says, uh, Wisconsin drop box scandal. Recap. Yesterday, we got big news out of the great state of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that the widespread use of ballot drop boxes across the state is totally illegal. Just as I have said all along, the use of these unmanned, unsecured drop boxes was never authorized by the state legislature, but partisan, radical Democrat officials simply did it anyway. And last statement, highly respected former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman who has headed a major investigation into voter fraud, has strongly suggested that state legislatures seek to decertify the election results. The victory for Republicans was, without doubt, substantial, as opposed to the very close result that was reported, with Biden eking it out. Other states are finding likewise, and some want to correct the situation. With corrupt county elect with corrupt elections and open borders, we do not have a country. To to be able to impress that upon people's mind without them feeling like uh, they are just watching another drama on television or just another you know uh, overzealous patriotic American acting out guys. I tell you what, it's something else, ladies and gentlemen. It is something else. So let's move on, ladies and gentlemen, to Wisconsin. Let's see what all the hubbub is about that President Trump is bringing to the table. Let's see why he has decided that uh, everyone needs to know the name of Robin Voss and particularly Wisconsinians need to be paying attention because the ball is in our court at this point, ladies and gentlemen. The question is, will we rebound it? Will we uh, catch it? Will we uh, shoot and score with it? Or will we just uh, lie down and allow all of the... Um, all of the uh, all of the bad guys to just run us over. 
Anyhow, uh, yeah, you know, President Trump mentioned, uh, you know, uh, former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice uh, Special Counsel Michael Gableman. He, I believe, I'm accurate in saying, is one of the unsung heroes of this era. Someone that we don't, uh, unless you're uh, unless you're at the Sea Report, then you probably have seen this face many a time, ladies and gentlemen. The face of Michael Gableman. Uh, simply uh, quixotic with uh, disbelief and maybe disgust at uh, proceedings uh, happening before him. Like, what is going on? You're crazy. They're serious, right? I can't. I don't think I could ever get that look of concern, disgust, and uh, discernment <laughs> quite like the justice could. Uh, but unsung heroes deserves deserves every bit of gratitude and appreciation and admiration for the work he has done and his stance. Uh, he's been relentless. He has not backed down. He has, uh, he has definitely given them a run for their money, all at the behest of Speaker Rhino Robin Voss, which again, you know, very confusing that Robin Voss is. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Well, as Tam Grawl says, Robin will always be a Rhino, and I, I agree with that, you know. When you consider his past and where he comes from, who some of his best friends are, Paul Ryan, you know... You just you kind of know a person, right? Uh, his spots, they show. And they are rhino hide, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, just wanted to give some props out again to Justice Gableman again. Any of you people sitting on the panel of the J6 Unselect Committee can absolutely read his report. And even the reports that come from uh, Racine, Wisconsin, uh, regarding the... Uh, um, nursing home and the elderly uh, living home situations, scandals. It's all there, guys. It's all there for you all to read it. It's been in existence for at least half a year or more. There's no reason why we should still be relying on the uh, court calls of the past, as errant as they were, to defend... A shim sham flim flam hearing such as what is taking place in DC right now. Okay. But for the shim sham flim flam and for those on that panel, for the uh, the board of the unselect, let's just share a little bit of this information. Yeah, this is this is lack of evidence we're about to share here at the C Report. Uh, article coming out of the mainstream media. Ladies and gentlemen, take it with a grain of salt. It might need it to taste. 29 other states allow for absentee ballot drop boxes according to the U.S. Vote Foundation. So they don't want you to consider or to have front of mind the fact that a Supreme Court in a state has ruled about the constitutionality of the ballot drop boxes. They want you, the reader, to be like, well, that's not fair that Wisconsin made them unconstitutional. There are 29 other states that allow absentee ballot drop boxes, thus the spin, right? Article says, uh, Wisconsin's conservative-controlled Supreme Court ruled Friday that absentee ballot drop boxes may be placed only in election offices and that no one other than the voter can return a ballot in person, dealing a defeat to Democrats who said the decision would make it harder to vote in the battleground states. That's right. It'll make it harder for them to pass unlawful illegal ballots. It'll make, them, it'll make it harder for them to cheat. It'll make it harder for them to pass a fake vote. 
right? This is downright voter suppression. Only a voter can deliver their own ballot. Who has heard of such a thing? And who are these 29 other progressive states that clearly get it right, right? That understand that in the year 2022, there's not a single colored individual that can find the DMV and get their own license. There's not a single person of color who can uh, find a ballot drop box, let alone find their precinct. My word to expect a person of color to be able to utilize, uh, uh, let alone figure out how to work a computer. Don't you know those people all got Obama flip phones? They don't got the iPhone 12. They don't know how to run technology. Their kids are not uh, slaves to their own cell phones every day of every minute of every hour. Preposterous to think that these uh, would make elections more secure and less reachable for the common colored person. I probably sound like I'm a member of, like, uh, I don't know, the Blind Turks or something like that, right? Right? This is crazy. Crazy talk. Illegal ballot drop boxes. That's so crazy. Unconstitutional. Tell you what, making it harder for colors to vote is unconstitutional. Yeah. I'm just reaching out there, guys. So anyhow, says here, um, however, the court did not address whether anyone other than the voter can return his or her own ballot by mail. That means that anyone could still collect multiple ballots for, oh, oh, they found their Garland Favorito moment here. Apparently, their silver lining. That means that anyone could still collect multiple ballots for voters and instead of using a drop box, put them in the mail. Oh, oh, they found their loophole. Good job, Supreme Court of Wisconsin. Republicans have argued that practice known as ballot harvesting is rife with fraud, although there has been no evidence of that happening in Wisconsin. Did I happen to mention, by the way, when requesting any member of the J6 Unselect Committee to review the findings through documentation and research and uh, reports about the overwhelming evidence that has now been documented, I forgot to ask if they'd ever seen a movie called 2000 Mules, right? No evidence. Okay. Clearly the people who wrote this article did not pay attention to the story about the ballot harvesting and ballot trafficking that was coming out of uh, the elderly and nursing homes and rehabilitation centers across Wisconsin. How not only was it prevalent and exploitive and disgusting in the county of Racine, but throughout Every county in the state of Wisconsin, that's 100% of the counties, that is 100% of the state, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, but no, the reporters, the researchers, the analysts that work for these uh, legacy outlet mediums, they don't, they don't do any type of research, looking, learning, or discovering when it comes to counterpoints of documentation. They just don't do it. They don't do it. It's crazy. You'd think that the uh, the documentary 2000 Mules never existed, right? Like, True the Vote is just a figment of their nightmares and our imaginations. 
Supporters argue uh, drop boxes are a better option than mailing ballots because they go directly to the clerks and cannot be lost or delayed in transit. Okay, what about uh, Atlanta? What about Detroit? Oh, they can't go lost or be delayed? What about Arizona? What about California? What about Pennsylvania and New York, where we have thousands of ballots going missing, uh, thousands of ballots turning up, uh, thousands of ballots coming in delayed after Election Day, right? You know, you would think that whoever wrote this article is just spitting out some propaganda. They're told that they are directed to share. Uh, it, that is the way it is, guys. The decision sets absentee ballot rules for the August 9th primary and the fall election. Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Democrat Governor Tony Evers are seeking re-election in key races. Johnson and other Republicans hailed it as a win for voter integrity. Johnson said this decision is a big step in the right direction. Evers and other Democrats said the ruling will make it more difficult for people to vote. The ruling will make it more difficult for your people to steal the vote, to cheat the vote, to stuff the vote. It's a slap in the face of Democrats and their demonhood, said Democratic Party Chairman Ben Wickler. Milwaukee County Clerk George Christensen, a Democrat, said ballot drop boxes are monitored, secured, and provide citizens a way to cast their ballot safety. Okay, uh, Milwaukee County Clerk, tell us about Michigan. Tell us about Georgia. Tell us about Arizona. Tell us about your own state of Wisconsin, where your own drop boxes were not always monitored, secured, and... Uh, and uh, confidence was not, has not been given to your citizens. It's a bunch of bull. It's a bunch of a big lie. It's good that the court still allows returning a ballot by mail, but voters should have as many options as possible, including drop boxes, said Shantae Ustay Nelson, state director of the advocacy group All Voting is Local. The court's 4-3 ruling has critical implications in the 2024 presidential race in which Wisconsin will again be among a handful of battleground states. President-select uh, President Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump, according to this rag, in 2020. The popularity of absentee voting exploded during the pandemic in 2020. Now, do you think that's because it was popular or do you think that's because it was necessary? Okay. And that is uh, more than 40% of all voters casting their mail ballots a record high through these absentee voting uh, processes. Again, necessity or populist approval. At least 500 drop boxes were set up in more than 430 communities for election that year, including more than a dozen each in Madison and Milwaukee, the state's two most heavily Democrat cities. After Trump lost the state, according to them, he and Republicans alleged that drop boxes facilitated cheating and even though they offered no evidence. Ah! Again with the no evidence. You know, maybe back in December of 2020... Maybe back in November of 2020, such hard-to-find evidence uh, was um, not so easy to come by. But we still had reasonable speculation when you think about the uh, vans that appeared with dozens of ballots, the ballot drops that came in in the middle of the night or the early morning, the affidavits signed by thousands of Americans. 
The conservative law firm Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty sued in 2021. State law is silent on drop boxes, according to this article, but not according to what the judge ruled. The court said the absence of a prohibition in state law does not mean that drop boxes are legal. Correct? Nothing in the statutory language detailing the procedures by which absentee ballots may be cast mentions drop boxes or anything like them. Justice Rebecca Bradley wrote for the majority, the court said absentee ballots can be returned only to the clerk's office or a designated alternative site, but that site cannot be an unstaffed drop box. The Bipartisan Wisconsin Elections Commission, ha! bipartisan indeed, told local election officials the drop boxes can be placed at multiple locations and that ballots can be returned by people other than the voter. But put that on hold pending the Supreme Court's ruling. Rick Essenberg, president of the conservative law firm that brought the case, said the ruling provides substantial clarity on the legal status of absentee ballot drop boxes and ballot harvesting. He said it also makes clear that state law, not guidance from the Elections Commission, is the final word on how elections are run. Concerns about the safety of drop boxes expressed by majority is downright dangerous to our democracy. Justice Anne Walsh Bradley wrote in the dissent, which I would agree with. State law, constitutional law, says the legislature is the one that creates the rule, the law for elections, not commissioners, not, uh, you know, election officials, not secretaries of state, the legislative body. Justice Ann Walsh, Walsh, Ann Walsh Bradley continued, but concerns about drop boxes alone don't fuel the fires questioning election integrity. Rather, the kindling is primarily provided by voter suppression efforts and the constant dumb drumbeat of unsubstantiated rhetoric in opinions like this one, not actual voter fraud. Republicans who control the Wisconsin legislature have also tried to enact laws limiting the use of absentee ballots, but Evers has vetoed them. Republicans have made similar moves since Trump's defeat to tighten access to ballots in other battleground states. Bradley was joined in the majority by fellow conservative justices Patience Roggensack, Brian Hagedorn, and Chief Justice Annette Ziegler. In addition to Ann Walsh Bradley, fellow liberal justices Rebecca Dallet and Jill Karofsky dissented. So there you go. There's the drama happening in Wisconsin, but it is still a win for Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. It is a win for liberty, sovereignty. It is a win for election integrity and security. The drop boxes got to go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what did I have here? This is actually from the ruling of the um, Wisconsin Supreme Court. It's 141 pages. Do you guys think we're going to sit through 141 pages? No, most likely we're not. But I did want to share this with you guys since uh, in previous episodes in talking about why these cases, such as uh, uh, the cases that the Trump legal team brought to um, the uh, courts in uh, December, November of 2020, why, you know, they get thrown out. And we saw the same thing happen in Georgia repeatedly and in other states when the courts decide to declare that the person, the plaintiff, has no standing. 
you know, and that is exactly one of the same schemes that uh, one of the lower courts tried to pull here. So I wanted to see what the Supreme Court said about the standing issue, right? That seems to be the go-to to disenfranchise voters from their legal and rightfully lawful day in court regarding these grievances. It says here from the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the Wisconsin voters have standing, okay? Because they were told they didn't have standing because that's what we're always told in the court of law. Uh, the DSCC argues the Wisconsin voters lack standing, asserting they have not demonstrated a personal stake in the outcome of the controversy. Like, how can they not have a personal stake in a corrupt and uh, stolen election? I mean, all the stakes are tied up in that very notion that the election was stolen. So apparently uh, voters could not demonstrate a personal stake in the outcome of the controversy separate and apart from the public at large, nor have they shown they have suffered or are threatened with any an injury to an interest that is legally protectable. The Supreme Court says we reject this argument because the Wisconsin voters do have a stake in the outcome and are affected by the issues in controversy. Just think about the state of our nation right now at the end of a stolen election and where we stand and how we are suffering and how it is not only legally protectable, but it is legally declarable when you consider all of what goes into our everyday life, prices, percentages, interest rates, all that stuff, accessibility to food and to medication and to, to energy. I mean, that all should be included within the decisions that are made by those whom we supposedly elect to represent us and work in our interest. But you see, a, uh, a traitor, treasonous, bastard judge or bitch judge will go along with the argument that voters don't have a personal stake. We don't have standing. But a constitutional judge, dare I say a righteous judge, will reject the argument. They go on to say, uh, the Wisconsin Election Commission's memos interfere with or impair or at the very least threaten to interfere with or impair the Wisconsin voters' legal rights and privileges, specifically their rights and privileges as registered voters. For this reason, the Wisconsin voters have standing under Wisconsin's permissive, policy-oriented approach toward standing. DSCC's argument appears to be grounded in the inaccurate assumption that Wisconsin courts follow federal law on standing, for example. DSCC cites a Fifth Circuit case from 2021 rejecting claims that drive-through voting hurt the integrity of the election process in violation of the United States Constitution because the claims were far too generalized to warrant standing. While standing in federal court is constitutionally confined, in Wisconsin it is limited only by prudential considerations. The United States Constitution extends the judicial power only to cases and controversies. United States Constitution Article 3, Section 2, Clause 1, no similar language exists in the Wisconsin Constitution. See the Wisconsin Constitution Article 7, Section 8. 
Um, creating as a general rule original jurisdiction in the circuit courts over all matters civil and criminal within this state. Because our state constitution lacks the jurisdiction limiting language of its federal counterpart, standing in Wisconsin is not a matter of jurisdiction, but of sound judicial policy. Sounds like to me like uh, that's the way it needs to be, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, judicial policy favors hearing cases presenting carefully developed and zealously argued issues. Um, <clears throat> to ensure a full vetting of the issues, we typically require plaintiffs to possess some personal stake in the case. The gist of the requirements relating to standing is to assure that the party seeking relief has alleged a personal stake in the outcome of the controversy as to give rise to the adverseness necessary to sharpen the presentation of issue. This standard is quite liberal. Even a trifling interest may suffice, provided the asserted interest generates sufficient adversity. In resolving standing challenges, Wisconsin courts may also consider judicial efficiency. The judiciary has inherent power to protect itself against any action that would materially impair its efficiency. As a practical matter, courts should not devote time or resources to adjudicating disputes only to ultimately conclude a party is not entitled to any relief. Um, against the uh, backdrop of these policies, we have developed a two-pronged test for standing to challenge an agency action under Chapter 227 of the Wisconsin Statutes. In uh, WED, Wisconsin Environment Decade Incorporated, this court described the elements of the inquiry as following. Does the challenge action, challenged action cause the petitioner injury in fact? And two, is the interest allegedly injured arguably within the zone of interest to be protected or regulated by the statute or constitutional guarantee in question? Under the first prong, injury in fact, we ask whether the petition alleges injuries that are a direct result of the agency's action. This prong presents a low bar. An injury alleged which is remote in time or which will only occur as an end result of a sequence of events set in motion by the agency action challenged can be a sufficiently direct result of the agency's decision to serve as a basis for standing. Under the second prong, we ask whether the injury is to an interest which the law recognizes or seeks to regulate or protect. Recently, in Friends of the Black River Forest, we recognize the zone of interest terminology is untethered to the text of the Wisconsin statute. Um, we explained determination of whether a statute protects, recognizes, or regulates the asserted interest is a purely statutory inquiry from which the judicially subjective consideration of the zone of interests is properly omitted. The Wisconsin voters allege they have suffered an injury, in fact, to their right to vote. The legislature finds that voting is a constitutional right, the vigorous exercise of which should be strongly encouraged. As the Wisconsin voters argue, voters are entitled to have the election in which they participate administered properly under the law, allowing the Wisconsin Election Commission to administer the 2022 elections in a manner other than that required by law causes doubts about the fairness of the elections and erodes voter confidence in the electoral process. Similarly, the Republican National Committee et al. and Amicus Curie emphasizes elections are one of the most important features of our republic 
and upholding the rules and procedures prescribed for elections according to the laws enacted by the legislature reinforces the sanctity of the rule of law and reassures all Americans of the integrity of our elections. The Wisconsin Supreme Court writes that they agree with that statement. It says we agree. Okay. So, if the right to vote is to have any meaning at all, elections must be conducted according to law. According to law. Throughout history, tyrants have claimed electoral victory via elections conducted in violation of governing law. Okay. They go on to give some very interesting, uh, interesting uh, specs here. For example, Saddam Hussein was reportedly elected in 2002 by a unanimous vote of all eligible voters in Iraq. That is 11,445,638 people. Examples of such corruption are replete in history. In the 21st century, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un was elected in 2014 with 100% of the vote. While his father, Kim Jong-il, previously won by 99.9% of the vote. Former president of Cuba, Raul Castro, won 99.4% of the vote in 2008. While Syrian President Bashar al-Assad was elected with 97.6% of the vote in 2007. Even if citizens of such nations are allowed to check a box on a ballot, they possess only a hollow right. Their rulers derive their power from force and fraud, not the people's consent. By contrast, in Wisconsin, elected officials derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. But are we self-governed? So, roundabout in that nutshell right there, ladies and gentlemen, you see where the Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court made their decision. And it's it's pretty interesting. And, you know, it gives you guys another perspective about uh, federal versus state law and uh, proceedings in the courts, you know. But uh, someone is just an absolute fool if they're going to have us believe that we as voters don't have standing in a trial or regarding a grievance or an issue that has to do with election fraud. We should never let anyone tell us that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to take a brief look at a little interview here with another unsung hero of Wisconsin. Uh, we've actually uh, shared her story with you all, ladies and gentlemen, here. Uh, we've introduced you to her before in the past. She's one of the only and one of the most vocal um, um, heroes for election integrity and in exposing election fraud and calling for decertification, etc., in the state of Wisconsin. And that would be Representative Janelle Branchin. That's right, Janelle Branchin, good old mama bear herself. Um, she is, uh, we're going to share, share an interview with you guys. She's on Inside or Outside the Beltway with John Friedrichs talking about the ruling of the Wisconsin Supreme Court and also, and also uh, other election integrity measures. They are taking in the legislature, the Assembly of Wisconsin. So uh, sit back for a moment 
and we'll see you all on the other side of this brief interview. Janelle Branchin, ladies and gentlemen, deserves a round of applause from the people of Wisconsin and this nation for her efforts to secure the integrity of elections and expose the fraud of 2020. But I tell you what they are concerned about, and that's voter integrity. And we've got a new folk hero in America. She's with us now, Janelle Branchin, uh, state representative in Wisconsin, Republican. Uh, first of all, Representative Janelle, thanks for being with us. Um, you were at the spearhead. You were at the at the, uh, uh, the the tip of the sword on the effort to get rid of the drop boxes in Wisconsin, which was growing actually in number, and in a shocking to many of us ruling just the other day, ban them except for those that are in a voter secure facility like an early voting facility. And you know, you were you were the driver behind this. Walk us through what happened and the ramifications on Wisconsin and then America. Janelle. Well, first of all, John, thank you so much for having me on this morning. It's a real privilege to be here. But it, it, it's certainly not just myself. We've had great patriots around Wisconsin that have brought this to our attention. In Wisconsin, there is nothing not one law, nothing on the books that say how a drop box is to be handled. So although a lot of people thought this is a surprise ruling for us, you know, if you're not going to follow the law, how can we have confidence in our elections? There were no laws on drop boxes in 2020. Matter of fact, it was just guidance. And that's why for us in Wisconsin to make sure that going forward in 2022, that we, we don't have to deal with a lawless process. So how are you how are you able to um, how are you able to get this done? Because a lot like Pennsylvania, for instance, you know, the, 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 the same um, opportunity was presented to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania and they ruled that drop boxes are fine. Um, t- tell me here what you know, what was different? Well, we had a great team in the sense that Wisconsin Institute of Law and Living Liberty, uh, Rick Essenberg, did a great job in the Supreme Court making the point that, hey, listen, drop boxes do not have any legal authority in the state of Wisconsin. There's not one rule about chain of custody or who has access or how they're opened or when they're opened. How do you how do you put implement a process that really was lawless? If people want to have fair elections, they need to know that their laws are being followed. In Wisconsin, there were no laws on drop boxes. And that's why it was a clear win for the people to make sure that going forward and what happened in 22 uh, in 2020 was clearly not part of a fair and transparent election. Well, and Janelle, the uh, there's uh, there's another issue in Wisconsin, which uh, it never went we through the state assembly, which was these mail out ballots. <laughs> we have a lot of issues. You got a lot of issues. Let let me get to the end, and then and then we'll kind of w- walk ourselves back here in the five minutes we have. Um, when you look at everything, and I know you've been again on the tip of this iceberg. Do you think Trump won Wisconsin in 2020? When you look at what happened in the sense that our special voting deputies were kept home, they were not, that's those that helped seniors be able to vote. Uh, we had that, uh, 
we had the sheriff and Racine address that, that there should have been all of these facilities that did not have special voting deputies to make sure that those people were getting ballots that were supposed to get ballots. We also had the private money from CTCL. Never happened before in this state. Ten mil, almost $10 million went to 85% of these Democrat cities, Racine, Madison, Milwaukee, Kenosha, Green Bay. This, these are the things that happened never before in 2020. And now that we know that private money went into buying drop boxes, which we had 570, never existed before, no chain of custody on that, just a bunch of guidance that was set from our Wisconsin Election Commission. All of these things, when you put in order, there are hundreds of thousands of ballots that were not followed within the law of Wisconsin. And there's no doubt that 2020 was not a fair and transparent election for Donald Trump or for anyone in the state of Wisconsin. Janelle, one of the issues uh, along with the drop boxes, part of the drop boxes was the in Wisconsin, uh, the number of ballots that came from nursing homes where people were uh, Democratic operatives were going in and, and, and getting uh, many people with dementia and otherwise to uh, to vote and then putting them in drop boxes. You've got that going. You, you had that going on in 2020. You also had uh, the issue with uh no excuse voting. I mean, people were lying about people were able to get an absentee ballot for saying they had to stay home. They didn't have to stay home. Have you changed that? I mean, going into these midterms, all the things you talked about that caused the grave concern about the integrity of the voting process in Wisconsin, has that been changed? So on November 8th in Wisconsin, we can expect for Senator Ron Johnson a fair election. Well, unfortunately, we have a Democrat governor and a lot of these changes that we tried to institute after we heard from the people. Unfortunately, he never passed any of those bills. So what is going to be different this time for Ron Johnson and for those Republicans on the ticket is drop boxes is gone. That's huge, right? We also want to make sure that we have people at the polls, something that we didn't have in 2020. We didn't have enough Republicans in our voting locations to be observers, poll workers, and these special deputies that we're talking about for seniors. That has gotten much better. We're still a little behind the eight ball. We need more people to make sure that for fair and transparent elections, Republicans and Democrats, equal amounts are going to be there on election day to ensure that people have confidence in our voting going forward. Well, it's the it's the level of confidence, but it's also the fairness of it. But really, uh, Representative Branchen, it's the Virginia model. I mean, people have got to get we keep saying this over and over. You know, it's fine to uh, be watching us right now when you get the news and you get caught up on the great work that's been done in Wisconsin to get rid of these drop boxes. But if there's not action behind it, if we don't do something, I mean, they're going to continue to cheat. And, um, you know, I, I go back to the, the new secretary of state nominee in Nevada, uh, the Republican that won that an upset, who said, look, forget 2020. The Democrats have been cheating in Clark County for 40 years. We never knew about it because nobody ever went there during these elections. So you've got to get if you're in Wisconsin, you've got to get up off the couch. You have to go sign up with your 
local committee, go to your party, be a precinct chair, then go be a poll watcher, be an election official, get trained. And that's how you get thousands of people at these polls. You've got to get trained, though. Right. You know, you got to understand what to look for. You have the hotline. Are you guys going to put that together in Wisconsin the way we did in Virginia? You know, we we have had a huge outcrop of people that want to be there. It's not just enough to vote anymore on Election Day. On Election Day, I need a couple hours of your time. If you're I need to make sure that if you're early or late and we have been doing a ton of training hats off the Republican Party to make sure to these clerks that we're training people, because at the end of the day, if you don't participate, there's no guarantee that tyranny won't roll. Gotta participate and uh, follow uh, Janelle on Twitter. We're going to be right back. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you for being with us. We're going to be. Right- All right, guys, you heard the woman. If you don't participate, We can't guarantee that tyranny will not rule. Do we need any more clarity than that? Ladies and gentlemen, participation is key in this process of self-governance, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, there's that, a little little, uh, FaceTime for Miss Janelle Branchin. God love her, doing her job, doing the will of the people working as a true representative for her constituents. From the White House to the State House, ladies and gentlemen, there's not many of them. I'm telling you, there is not many of them who actually represent the voice of their constituents. Very few, very few. For the most part, particularly with the conservative and the Republican Party, all we got, ladies and gentlemen, is a bunch of this. Speaking of which, uh, we'll move along, little doggy, to tonight's next story. Of rhinoceros nishnishnishnishnishnishnish. Yep, that's right. The rhino is far from extinct, ladies and gentlemen. The rhino is far from extinct. Where once we thought it would exist no more, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the Republican names only just coming out of the woodwork, the patchwork, the craft work, any kind of work you can think about it. They're showing their faces. Okay, only the ones who are uh, as duplicitous and uh, panty boy as Rhino Robin Voss can get away with it. Somehow they still don't see it. We can we can put the absolute juxtaposition of Robin Voss the Rhino and Robin Voss the Rhino, and uh, they still wouldn't see it yet. I don't know what kind of spell that Robin Voss and Paul Ryan have on the people of Wisconsin. Uh, but, uh, needless to say, the, um, uh, the state GOP, I'm pretty sure, has, uh, had enough of that man. Let's talk about Pennsylvania now, ladies and gentlemen, as we wind down tonight's show. Hope you guys have been enjoying it, uh, while we have been live and present. We'll only be on for a few minutes more. 
we have um, apparently a situation in uh, Pennsylvania. So for all of you Pennsylvanians out there, any of you people of the Keystone Commonwealth, I hope you're paying attention. From the what? From the White House to the State House, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a great upset in the balance of the force for some of these uh, states, ladies and gentlemen. Texas is a very big disturbance in their force because after all, the entire Texas GOP wants to decertify 2020. That's a big problem for establishment Republicans. That is a big problem for people who do not seem to be establishment Republicans. That is a big problem for America first Trump supporting Republicans who are being fake and deceptive in the state of Texas. What are you going to do when your very constituents, the grassroots of your state, declare unto their party that we will not recognize the illegitimate administration and or regime of one creepy Joe Biden, sleepy Joe Biden, pedo Joe Biden, that's a big problem if you're a rhino. That's a big problem if you have been deceiving your constituents. That's a big problem if your owners and your masters ask you, dear rhino, to step up to the plate. Your time has come. You must defend your position, rhino. Big problem, right? So in the state of Pennsylvania, in the Commonwealth, rather, we have um, America First Patriot, Doug Mastriano, who will be the GOP contender come November for the state's governorship, going against none other than nefarious, ladies and gentlemen, nefarious state AG Josh Shapiro. Okay, this is going to be a showdown with the hoedown, ladies and gentlemen, and especially now so more than ever, because what, 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 what? We got a lot of the state house GOP Republicans rallying to support Shapiro, the Democrat who allowed all of the election fraud and scandal to occur and is probably has done, has done the best he could to support the acting secretaries of state in their lawless and criminal actions regarding our elections. What is going on, State House GOP of Pennsylvania Commonwealth? What is going on? And are the constituents of Pennsylvania paying attention? Are they taking their notes? Or are they like, no, because you called me out today, I'm not gonna do it. Ha, we'll see who wins here. It's not going to be you, Mr. C on the C report. Let's check this article out. What are they talking about? What is going on? This is from penlive.com. So another local, right? You know the local legacy press and the establishment GOP in the state Commonwealth House do not want Doug Mastriano, right? Election denier, right? Election denier! 
Yeah, right? You know, uh, what do you call it? Um, the certification supporter, Trumper, orange man, good -er. They don't want this man to be leading their government. Um, a P Pennsylvania GOP players form pro Shapiro pack to buck unacceptable Mastriano. There's never been a time ever in our lives, in our own personal histories or beyond, where it's been so easy to spot the rhino, where it's been so easy to spot the individual that's obviously against this nation and its people. It's never been so easy to spot a traitor. Ladies and gentlemen, and we have a whole pack of them here, no pun intended, forming a pack against Mastriano because he's unacceptable. The people chose him. The people of Pennsylvania, the constituents, those who govern themselves, made this decision that Mastriano would be their choice contender to defeat Shapiro. And now you have Republican, rhino, traitor, treasonous, GOP statesmen. Oh, they ain't really statesmen, are they? No, 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 no. They're more like uh, selected officials turning on a member of their own party. Well, these GOP players from Pennsylvania might as well be Lizard Cheney. They might as well be Adam Crying Kinsinger. They might as well be every single backstabbing bastard Republican individual that only served a name only. They might as well be them. Okay, let's see what the article has to say. I'm sure you guys are interested, right? Republican gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano will have to fend off attacks from many Democrat groups on the way to November, and he can now add a GOP Republican establishment. They're all rhinos. Get it through your head. Backed political action committee to the list. Coming just days after nine Pennsylvanian Republican leaders endorsed Democrat candidate Josh Shapiro, the state's attorney general, a group of centrist Republicans, otherwise known as traitors, with deep roots in state government and politics, have formed a pack opposing Mastriano, a state senator from Franklin County. There's a long history of Pennsylvania Republicans being from uh, being from what I guess people called the moderate part of the party, said Craig Snyder, the architect of the Republicans for Shapiro. Craig Snyder. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we got to say about Craig Snyder and all of these backstabbing, traitorous, treasonous Commonwealth Republicans of Pennsylvania. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support 
is greatly appreciated. From $0.99 cents per month to $4.99 per month to $9.99 per month, every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we have a three gag limit per broadcast, and I've already exceeded my gags with that rhino hunting season theme. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, it's just to impress upon you guys the point. Craig Snyder, that's name number one. Who's next? Well, apparently Craig Snyder is a former chief of staff for the late centrist Republican. That's just their way of saying a Democrat in Republicans clothing. Centrist Republicans. They're not really rhinos. They've always done things for the Democrats. They've never had to be put in the spotlight. They've never been called up to bat. They've never been called off the bench. But now these rhinos are right in front of all of your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Take note. Nine of them out of Pennsylvania. Supposed centrists, which again, not rhinos, but maybe Democrats, socialists, progressives, communists in Republican clothing. Arlen Specter. Hmm? All of a sudden, Snyder says, we have a nominee that is really far outside of that history, really far outside of that norm of, you know, uh, pretending to be something we're not in order to deceive the people into believing that we are something that we are not. Snyder says, I'm not here to praise Shapiro. I'm also not here to criticize Shapiro. I think Shapiro would be an effective mainstream governor of Pennsylvania. But I do, but do I think he's a new Abraham Lincoln? Bull squat poppycock shit, Snyder. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, he's making excuses for himself. He's making excuses for why Shapiro should be chosen over Mastriano. Mastriano is just far too far away from where we are here at centrist Pennsylvania Republican Party. And while uh, Shapiro won't be an Abraham Lincoln, at least he won't be a Donald Trump, right? That's basically what this is, guys. He won't be a Donald Trump. We'll be able to rely and depend on him because we know what he's going to do. We know what he's working for. We know what he's working with and who. He's not a uh, wild card like Mastriano is. The real issue is stopping the unacceptable choice of the people, which is Doug Mastriano. Now, how wrong is it that the people of Pennsylvania have declared their choice and yet you have these Republican figures who are saying no? The people did not make a good choice. The people did not make the right choice. The people did not make an optimal choice. And we're going to take it upon ourselves to buck the interests, buck the desire, buck the demands, the choice, and the will of our constituents in favor of someone that they have no faith in. That says a lot about how these people operate. They think they know better. Apparently, these Democrats in Republican clothing think they know better. They think they hear what the people really want. They think they hear what the people really need, but they are just listening to their own needs and desires and to that of their masters, 
whomever they are. Snyder, who briefly ran for the GOP U.S. Senate nomination, has brought on former GOP U.S. Representative Jim Greenwood of Bucks County as chairman of Republicans for Shapiro, which is seeking 30-second videos from like-minded Republicans explaining their opposition to Mastriano to be part of an online ad. Joe, this is such a great idea. This is such an outstanding idea. Um, Mr. Snyder and Mr. Greenwood of Pennsylvania, you guys should absolutely create a, an ad featuring 30 seconds of every single like-minded Republican in your state explaining why they would rather commit treason than allow the will of the people to be complete. Oh, it would, it's never been easier, ladies and gentlemen. Pennsylvania has had a silver platter handed to them, and they've also had a gold platter handed to them, and they were both warm, I might add, which, it, it, that bodes well, you know, uh, as far as confidence and good faith and, you know, uh, amicability towards the people of Pennsylvania. You get those platters served warm, well, someone must like you. You received, after all, you know, a Senate race where your own GOP uh, decided to throw in thousands of unlawful ballots at the last minute. Oh, as if though that gold platter were not hot enough for someone to say something about election fraud at the hands of the Republican Party in Pennsylvania. I don't know what is. But now you have these self-avowed anti-Republican Republicans who want to put their face to this movement thereby allowing every single one of the commonwealth's constituents to uh, see who exactly opposes their desire Ooh, it's never been so easy for i'm so envious of the people of pennsylvania they have the chance of just uh, outright uh um, you know uh, uh, exposing themselves these rhinos in the commonwealth of pennsylvania so lucky so fortunate so lucky if only they would do something about it instead of just sitting around i promised i would do some exploring into pennsylvania grassroots organizations don't worry i know they're out there i know at least three or four of them not off the top of my head but by name recognition and uh, they exist We do have Pennsylvanian election integrity and we do have Pennsylvanian uh, Republic restorationist types of grassroots. Duh, everyone knows that. But it's really quiet on that front, guys. They've had a whole lot of goodness just handed to them that they could be calling out and calling forward and exposing and bringing some light to. Just saying. Let's see here. Snyder says, uh, what we're going to do is really tightly target the uh, persuadable Republican and independent voters. We're going to say, there's this one thing that is unacceptable and here's why. Greenwood spearheaded a similar effort in 2020 to oppose uh, President Donald Trump. And he was also one of the nine Republicans who publicly endorsed Shapiro last week. Greenwood, the snake in the grass, said Donald Trump and Mastriano are way beyond what the Republican Party of Pennsylvania is supposed to stand for. Um, uh, And he calls Shapiro a sane, common sense, well thought of public servant. Oh, the blasphemy. Oh, the sacrilege. Oh, the honesty. Oh, the exposure. Oh, 
they have basically committed political suicide. Greenwood said he will be hosting a fundraiser for Shapiro in September that he hopes will raise $100,000. Former acting Pennsylvania Attorney General Walter Cohen and his wife, Susan, the former executive director of the State House Joint Bipartisan Committee, are involved in the PAC and have already co-hosted a fundraiser that raised $80,000 for Shapiro in Carlisle. You see, people of Pennsylvania, your elected, uh, your selected officials are telling you who they are. They've given you enough ammunition to get rid of them. Other members of Republicans for Shapiro listed on its website include former, uh, former Murray Dickman, Secretary of Administration under former Republican Governor Dick Thornburg, uh, and an official at the U.S. Department of Justice under President Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. Bob Wilburn, a former Secretary of Education and Budget Administration under Thornburg, former State Legislator, Common Pleas Judge, and Bucks County District Attorney David Heckler, George Grote, who served as State Insurance Commission under Thornburg, and former State Senator and Lieutenant Governor Bob uh, Jubilerer. James Seif, the former Secretary of Environmental Protection under former Republican Governor Tom Ridge, and Joe Conti, a former State House and Senate member and Republican fundraiser, Bill Sasso. Where have I heard that name, Bill Sasso, from before? You know, this should also tell all you Republicans about your former governors in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania as well. And if you have all of these staffers and people who are working for former Republican governors, what do you think that says about that former Republican governor themselves? Do you think it could possibly mean that somewhere in the political history of Pennsylvania, your former Republican governors were actually rhinos also and were actually doing things against the people and the state and the Constitution? Snyder said the PAC has also brought on board fundraiser Ann Herberger, who raised millions for Jeb Bush in his unsuccessful 2016 presidential bid. Cohen, who's known Shapiro for nearly 20 years and steered his transition team after he was elected in 2016, said Mastriano talks like a lunatic and is a danger to this state and to this country. The Republicans involved pointed to several of Mastriano's far-right stances in explaining their efforts, including Mastriano's opposition to abortion, without exceptions, attendance at the January 6th rally that preceded the attack on the U.S. Capitol false flag, lingering insistence that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump, and that there was widespread election fraud in Pennsylvania that helped President-select illegitimate Joe Biden win. We know all these points to be inarguable now. And they are really weak points to hold against one Mastriano, unless you're talking to a brainwashed and totally unconscious public. Snyder says his view of 2020 election is false. It was not a stolen election. Snyder warned that Mastriano, if elected governor, would appoint the secretary of state to oversee elections. And that could lead to chaos in the 2024 presidential election with Pennsylvania being a vital swing state. It'll be chaos for the chaos bringers. It'll be chaos for those who typically um, steal their elections. It'll be chaos because... Things will not be in the order that they have set up and maintained for God knows how long in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in order to um, steal and um, deceive the people of the Commonwealth.
Snyder says, Mastriano has shown us that he does not care about the votes uh, come out or outcome, maybe, unless they go his way. And that's not democracy. I don't know, Snyder. Seems to me like your boy Shapiro might be more in that vein. Greenwood added that Mastriano's anti-abortion stance is another key factor, including also saying if you can't say that Biden carried Pennsylvania, there's something wrong with you. You are a stranger to truth, these uh, fallible liars will continue to say. But truth is on our side, ladies and gentlemen. Truth is on our side. It concludes that... (coughs) Pardon me. Ooh, pardon me. It concludes that Snyder also says that a fraction of registered Republicans voted in the primary for governor and the seven candidate field favored a candidate such as Mastriano with a devoted and driven base. However, the landscape will be different in the general election. So says Schneider. I don't know, Schneider. I don't know. Seems like we got a lot of rhino activity up there in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Someone needs to do something about it. And I'm not talking about Eric Greitens going to uh, bag and tag all the rhinos. You stay in your own jurisdiction, Greitens. We got enough to deal with you, sir. But indeed, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time. Uh, these, uh, these, these invaluable moments where we have the clarity to see the rhino in front of us and we know what to do the question is ladies and gentlemen are we going to do it that is the question That brings us to our final story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Witness for yourselves upon the screen. The uh, treacherous face of General Retired Paul Vallely. Now, you know, guys, if you have been watching the broadcast in the last few recent past weeks, months... (coughs) Excuse me. And indeed, any broadcast that might happen to come out over here at Mr. CTV channel, network, broadcasting station, uh, you will know that we have mentioned the likes of General Paul Vallely in the past. You know, we are in the process of demystifying, debunking, and dethroning the um, stature of this traitor to America, General Paul Vallely. So we, we, I, you know, I, 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 I take liberties at uh, poking at some of the truths of his existence that many people either did not bother to research for themselves before they uh, invited him on their show, buttered him up and puckered up uh, as he bent over, um, ever, ever, ever uh, patient and ever uh, in suspense of the sensation to come around his derriere. Uh, information that I think is invaluable, you know, we'll just say it here, guys, you know, this guy, uh, is not who he seems what he is, but apparently it seems that the office of General Paul Vallely, uh, more importantly, his publicist and his, uh, public relations, 
um, 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 advocates uh, thought it was very important that in this season of truth and exposure, in this season of light and rhino hunting, that uh, they go ahead and give a little bit of a facelift to General Valilee. After all, it's starting to come out and it's starting to be recognized and understood by the masses out there, the hands that this man played in regard to psychological influence operations, mind warfare, and the likes on the people of the world, but now also on the people of America for well over a decade, and then also with the provisions of the uh, alterations of the uh, Smith-Monk uh, Smith Act in the uh, 2012 NDAA regarding propaganda. Oh, that just made the job that much more easier. The job that the likes of Paul Vallelee, you know, explored and modernized for today's military. Uh, absolutely, absolutely you know, made that job easier as far as propaganda sharing goes and uh, targets, okay? The man who basically destroyed the uh, Tea Party, a movement that was uh, heralding the awareness, the awakeness, the participation, the acknowledging everything that we're doing now, Every stance we're taking now, every point of view, every action we're taking now, while well, they were doing that with the Tea Party, until General Vallely declared that he would lead the Tea Party to Capitol Hill, even if it meant a bloody revolution to take out the traitors that had infiltrated these United States of America. It's something that we think about. It's something that we ponder about, something we dream about. It's something that the trigger-happy, trigger-finger-itchy patriots might, you know, muss over every now and then. But, you know, when you get someone like a respected General Vallelee, you know, the same guy that trained terrorists in Syria and uh, trained the Syrian Free Army in order to uh, overthrow the presidency, overthrow the, the administration of... <clears throat> Syrian President Bashir al-Assad, that same guy who worked with ISIS and other Islamic terrorists in the region and made sure that they were part of the Free Syrian Army. And oh, let's not forget, if you've seen bombing and destruction by Ukrainians in Ukraine, taking out their own people, population, buildings, etc. Oh, they were doing the same thing in Syria. They were killing the Syrian people. They were bombing their buildings. They were hiding their munitions in city areas with massive dwellings. It's something that many of us may not know or may not remember because we were not around during that time and or it was not an issue that was front of mind. Indeed, the international scope of these stories and these people is often often denied and or ignored by the good-hearted, good-spirited, well-meaning American that just wants the accurate and truthful information, or at least as accurate as we can get it given what we're given, that General Paul Vallely, right? As we're calling out all of these shenanigans, including his acquaintance with Michael Aquino, the self-avowed Satanist who uh, stood accused by over 60 children, 60, 60 children and families regarding sexual abuse and possible trafficking, Satanist, self-avowed Michael Aquino, 
As we continue to expose this fraud, this traitor to America, this man who should not be lauded or cherished by anyone, let alone a patriotic community that is, uh, uh, is allegedly sharing the right information with the correct motive, whatever motive that might be. It's all relative. So who am I to talk? I'm not. I'm just saying do your research if you're going to put this man on your show. So his publicist or perhaps his public relations, uh, you know, expert was like, Paul, I mean, uh, retired General Valley. It appears that there is a rough and tumble about your name over in the uh, independent alternative patriot spheres of uh, communications. You know, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this loose cannon, wild card, uh, not on contract, not one of our guys. We don't know where he came from. Is this organic? Could he be real? Is this a genuine American and not someone that's, um, you know, on any of our payrolls, Mr. C, going on and on and on about how you should, uh, you appeared on the likes of Jones and Santilli and other, other Patriot Network, supposedly independent, supposedly organic, supposedly there because they love this country and they're not trying to influence or uh, trying to deceive any of their audiences. This guy, Mr. C, he sees a lot and we don't know where he came from, but we need to run a positive story about you, retired General Paul Vallelee, ruiner of the Tea Party, uh, a destroyer of civilized irregular warfare. Uh, um, um, terrorist, uh, war criminal against the Syrian people for what you did to train and uh, make sure that the Free Syrian Army was good to go. General Valali, we've got to run a story for you. And we know what we're going to do, General Valali. We're going to run a positive story about you, sir, so that every person who trusts this outlet and loves America can just ignore all of those uh, shim-sham little musings of a bald-headed, conservative-like individual named Mr. C. Oh, there is the vampire Satanist himself with his child chompers. I'll leave his eyes up to you to discover. But uh, they, decide to, they decide to run an article in the Epoch Times of all places for General Vallely's publicist to place a positive, uh, a positive article of support about Vallely. Uh, the Epoch Times decides to publish this story. Retired U.S. Major General Paul Vallely criticizes the Pentagon's support for abortion. Well, you know what? So do I. And you know what? I really don't think that uh, the Pentagon or the taxpayer should ever have or should ever have paid for things like an abortion. But hey, guys, guess what? Elon's voting Republican and he's going to quash uh, uh, censorship. And uh, General Paul Vallely, he criticizes the Pentagon, so they must be good guys, right? Let's read the article. Retired U.S. Army Major General Paul Vallely, who has been sounding the alarm against socialist indoctrination in the United States military, criticized the Department of Defense 
for lifting a ban that prohibited military and civilian personnel from looking up abortion-related terms on Pentagon computer networks. Vallely is against the support that the DOD is giving to provide access to abortions. Vallely told the Epoch Times, I do not support the Defense Department supporting abortions rights. This again is social engineering of our military forces that detracts from the readiness and the preparedness of our forces, Vallely says. He goes on to add, the Defense Department currently does not have a policy to accommodate service members who are seeking an abortion but are stationed in a state that has outlawed abortions. That the last thing our military needs is to influence our members of the military on whether to abort a baby or not. This decision further strains the recruiting efforts, which are in drastic decline. The military medical organizations need not to be involved or have any focus on the abortion issue. There are other more viable options for women who are pregnant while serving in the military. Val- who get pregnant, I should say, while serving in the military. Vallely asserts that the Pentagon has been under pressure to ensure abortion access is protected wherever troops are stationed. The pressure would be due to the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade, a decision from 1973 that argued abortion is constitutionally protected. In a recent letter to the Defense Department, some Senate Democrats are requesting the department outline a plan to guarantee that women seeking abortions in states where the procedure is severely restricted or no longer legal are given appropriate time off to travel out of state guaranteed privacy protections and assured they will not be retaliated against for their decision. Vallely said, referring to a letter sent by Democrat senators to Defense Secretary Darth Lloyd Austin. A spokesperson for the Pentagon, Navy Lieutenant Commander Tim Gorman, told the Military Times, we determined in early June that we should absolutely allow content categorized as abortion to be accessible on DOD networks based on the healthcare aspects related to the category. The ban had been in place since 2010 and was lifted on Wednesday. John Sherman, Pentagon Chief Information Officer, directed that content related to access to abortion services be unblocked, and this change is currently underway across DOD organizations. As per federal law, the military cannot perform abortions unless the pregnancy was caused by rape, incest, or if it puts the life of the mother in danger. In other words, you mean if the uh, soldier woman was honorable and not just a skag? whose legs opened at the uh, invitation of an envelope. I know that sounds weird, guys. Just think about it. For now, the Defense Department is continuing to abide by federal laws governing its abortion activities, which restricts abortions to those in which the life of the mother is in danger or in case of rape or incest. Valerie added, now, there's a young Valerie on the, on the uh, screen there for you guys. A young, satanic, child-eating Valerie. Yep, there he is, guys. Retired U.S. military general, Paul Vallely. Okay, so, you know, I get it, right? Obviously, this article was not exclusively pro-Vallely. There was a much bigger issue at play in this article. 
I am pretty sure that the Epoch Times or anyone could have come up with any retired general. And whether it was retired General Jones or whether it was a retired uh, gra- uh, uh, Daddy Bear General, I don't remember his name, but that guy seems pretty, pretty bad. Or any of them, you know, uh, McNerney or, or even, even, even currently active, non-retired, uh, you know, Victoria Mark Milley. What do you think Victoria Mark Milley thinks about abortion, ladies and gentlemen? Do you think Victoria Mark Milley is pro-abortion? He might be if his, I mean, his boyfriend's in office over there, over there in, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that thing, that, 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 that thing, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Levine, his boyfriend. I I will not uh, denigrate, diminish, or emasculate Rachel Levine by calling her Mark Milley's wife, because that would just be demeaning to call a, a man a woman, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay, they could have chosen anyone but Paul Vallely. The issue here is bigger, abortion in the military, taxpayer funded, distraction from uh, the matters at hand in regard to security and defense. But let us be rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, it is these um, peripheral issues, it is these, um, you know, uh, fragmentary issues, you know, these non-essential, essential issues, you know, gay rights, abortion, uh, things like that, right? That, you know, you hear that General Vallely is anti-abortion in the military. You just know this guy's on your side. God must have sent him uh, a declaration from above that this man, because he believes that, you know, taxpayers and therefore the Pentagon and the military should have nothing to do with abortions. He's got to be on the side of God. I mean, you can tell by my silence and the face that that is something I just do not believe, right? When you consider the past, when you consider, when you consider, uh, you know, what this man might have allowed to stand, including the possible trafficking and definite uh, molestation of uh, numerous copious amounts of children in California, near the military airbase, near Presidio, in Southern California in the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you guys are going to be wanting a lot more sauce, but you will stay tuned, won't you, for a future episode of Sea in the Dark, where we will dig into General Vallely. You know, when we're talking about things like the uh, Free Syrian Army, you know, and yet, you know, what, what, back in 2012, 2008, 2000-whatever, uh, uh, before a lot of us began to awake to the, awaken to the fact that, uh, hey, when we're talking about a tyrant of the world, when we're talking about a, uh, an empire that uh, has absolutely no bias in the destruction of nations that surround it, they're talking about America. They're talking about these United States of America going beyond our borders and beyond our shores to overthrow governments and sovereign nations at our will, it would seem. And while history is um, hidden 
and history is convoluted and history is not what it seems to be in this day and age as we are beginning to recognize, one would really have to wonder if one was still, you know, capable of accepting that in the name of democracy, this, um, this government has the right to overthrow elected or otherwise leaders of other nations. If you could still stomach that, you might believe that General Valley was a hero who attempted to liberate the people of Syria. But when you go back and you examine closer what was happening in Syria with the likes of General Valley and the likes of Russia and Putin and the likes of the Western media, you will probably see undoubtedly that what happened in Syria during those years of conflict mirror quite closely the conflict that is happening now during the Russia special military operation in Ukraine. And you will see the West lied about the United States involvement, and you will see that the West lied about the rebels on the ground in Syria, and you will see that the American people were lied to about how we participated in that. And this man, General Vallely, is guilty and responsible per his own admissions. Every single show he went on to in, uh, what, 17, 18, 19, uh, he made sure to open with, yeah, I trained the Free Syrian Army in Syria. Yeah, I'm the one that showed those guys how to shoot a gun. Yeah, I'm the one that did their uh, field organizations and their battle plans. This man, General Vallely, whom Tam Grell says... It sounds like Valerie is looking for some sympathy for some reason. He, Valerie, might be looking for some sympathy, Miss Tamgrell. He might be looking for that sympathy because uh, his number is up. And uh, guess what? We have the eyes to see, the ears to hear. We have the minds to comprehend and understand that this man is not who he says he is. And those who share his story with valor and those who share his story with honor and those who carry his name with dignity either didn't do a good job or they're doing some kind of a job on the people that watch their broadcasts. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit of food for thought. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of The Sea Report. That's episode number 334 coming to you live on this Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. We do not refrain from asking the question here at The Sea Report, no matter whose toes these questions might land on. Better to have an answer than to remain in the dark. 
Join us next time, why don't you, for our next episode of The Sea Report. We should be live again tomorrow. If not, who knows? You know, I have total scheduling rights of the shows that come out on this network, Mr. CTV. If you're joining us over at Rumble, please make sure you follow and or subscribe and give us a thumbs up. If you like what I've got to say, Clout Hub Twitch, thank you for joining us. Please follow, subscribe, pill.net, the foxhole.app. It is a pleasure, as always, to have your presence in this audience. We, I, will be back soon. But as always, until then, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, first of all, and foremost. And safety includes not just keeping your head on a swivel, but using and exercising your discernment. Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time. Much love. This is Mr. C, signing out.